We're so glad that you've tuned in today to the show. Thanks for doing that. Hope you can make it a habit every week to tune in to We Are Just Christians at uh, 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. And as I said, we're glad we can be here. Hope that uh, this show provides you something something to think about during the week. We know that you probably won't agree with everything that you hear, and that's certainly okay. All we do is promote... Uh, plain Bible reading and uh, and the, the basic principle of going back to the New Testament to know how to live here in the 21st century. So that's what We Are Just Christians is about. And as you heard, my name is Mike Schmidt. I'm one of the hosts of the show, uh, an elder and, a, and the preacher here at the Church of Christ on Savona Boulevard. And with me, as usual, is Gary Jones. How you doing, Gary? I'm here this morning, Mike. Doing Good. well. Gary's the other elder here at the church. And so we've been bringing you this show for several years here on WPSL to promote this idea a first century Christianity in the 21st century, getting past and beyond and uh, so forth, and leaving behind all the different creeds, things that actually divide people. And if we could all just simply agree to look at the New Testament and the New Testament only as our, as our standard of faith and practice, both in our personal life and in the church, I think we'd be able to get along a lot better. Now, I don't know how realistic I hope that is that's going to happen in my lifetime, of course. It hasn't happened yet. But uh, we're idealistic about that. We, Mike, I, I, I don't think you get anywhere just by going with the flow and, well, what is, is, and let's just go there. Let's, let's have some principles, some ideals that we shoot for. And we may not make it, but we can have the ideal set before us, well, what Mike, should I was, be. I was just going to say, I don't think it matters what you and I believe or it doesn't what anybody matter. else no. believes. All it matters is how God's going to look at it. And Jesus said, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So. That's exactly right. Well, this is a live call-in show, as you just heard, and I'm going to give you some ways you can reach us here before we get into the some discussion this morning. Uh, for one, you can call in to the show live. Uh, Ray at the station there will patch you right through to us. We'll be able to have a conversation. You can reach the show at, by calling 772-340-1590, 772-340-1590 is the call-in number for WPSL. You can also text us. I'm going to give you two text numbers. One's mine, one's Gary's. You're willing to, you're able to text us during the show. If we, if possible, we can respond in some fashion to that, or at least you can put your voice in the discussion uh, if you can text in. If not, you're willing. You're not willing, but you, if you're willing, you can certainly reach us any time during the week at those same numbers. Seven seven two two six zero six one two zero is my number. That's Mike's seven seven two two six zero. 6120, and Gary's is 772-260-6220. Those are two text numbers that people use. We'd be glad to hear hear from you today or any time. And then you can reach us by email. If neither one of those is good, you can reach us by email at justchristians at att.net. Justchristians at att.net. It's a simple email address. Hope you can remember that. But you're, you're welcome to email us anytime. We probably can't check the email during the show, but we certainly can after the show and during the week. And, and we've received emails. And we go through. And we'd like to put them on the show. If you want to be anonymous, just say so. We'll put you. We'll, we'll try to respect that. And there's some other ways to listen live to the show that I want to mention before we get into the 
heart of the matter. If you go to WPSL.com on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, uh, click the Listen Live button, you can listen to the show. That's good for your friends all over the world. Um, not much less here in Port St. Lucie, but all over the world. They go to the WPSL.com, click Listen Live. They can listen to the show. You can also listen on TuneIn Radio on the app on your phone. On Alexa devices, just ask for WPSL uh, Port St. Lucie, WPSL 1590, I believe it is, on Alexa devices, on Google devices, and TuneIn Radio. You can do all of those things uh, and listen to the show. Now, if you can't listen on Sunday mornings and you just want to listen to the recordings in a podcast or online, just go to our website, wearejustchristians.com. Wearejustchristians.com. You'll find an archive there that you can either listen to right there or download as a podcast uh, on wearejustchristians.com. And you can look, click on the thing that says uh, sermons or radio show on the sidebar, and you'll be able to go right there. There's also a whole archive of, of lessons, 40, 45-minute lessons on all different kinds of subjects that we've spoken on here at the church for 10 or 12 years, maybe more than that even. They're on that website we are just Christians.com. So you can look by subject, uh, and you can, or you can just kind of follow along as we're going along in, uh, in whatever subject we have in mind or whatever topic it is, so, and so forth. This this morning, for example, we're going to be preaching on uh, pilgrims and, and strangers uh, from the gospel about being a, it, we're, that we're all just kind of as Christians. This isn't our homeland. We're waiting for another homeland, and we're going to try to make some contemporary applications of of that principle. But that'll be on the website here in a week or two. You'll be able to hear that uh, on the website at wearejustchristians.com. Well, Gary, that kind of gets it down. Let me say this about calling in. Don't be afraid to call in. We're not going to try to trap you or embarrass you. It'll be a pleasant experience. We're going to have a conversation with you like friends across across a, a, a kitchen table about whatever's on your mind. Doesn't have to be the subject we're talking about. Be anything else. We'll ask you to, uh, you know, tell us what you, what's on your mind. We'll try to give you some scripture references that relate to your subject if we possibly can. And we'll let you have the last word uh, about the subject. So you don't have to be afraid to call in. And hopefully uh, whatever's on your mind is, is interesting to other people. And I believe that it will be if you just will go ahead and give us a call. 772-340-1590. Well, Gary... A bunch of stuff has kind of piled up on us here in the last month or two. We've been doing different things. We missed a week because of the hurricane and so forth. Couldn't do a live show. I think I was was gone a week, and we had to do a recording, so we're doing stuff that's on our mind. But i got a couple things on the plate here, unless you've got something going. Well, I was wondering if you had any more of the questions that we had been written in about or anything like that that needed to answer. Uh, Nothing right today that I'm prepared to talk about, but there are, I think there is another letter I got that we need to look at, but I, I haven't really pulled it out this week and taken a look at it, so I hate to just uh, jump into that. Uh, we have a couple of listeners who write us with various comments and questions. Um, and we're certainly pleased with that. Now, we love that. I, I appreciate it, and we did that a show on a couple of those letters last week, and um, I really think they're interesting. And uh, sometimes we are on the same page, sometimes we're not. We always learn from that, just like our callers and so forth. But um, I saw an article. Well, I think, I think you may have sent me this. Yeah, I sent you an article. You sent me an article, and I've seen this kind of thing before, but I printed out the one that you sent in. 
it says uh, pedophiles rebrand themselves as minor attracted persons online. So this is from England. This is from Great Britain in the, in the mail. And um, this is a new name. You might as well get used to hearing this because this is what's coming. We've been predicting this for years. Yeah, but the, the subject line that I sent, Mike, was now you can say I told I you so. I told you so, yeah, because I've been telling you this for years, that this is the next new frontier. Uh, two of them, one is polygamy, which we might get to, and the other one is is pedophilia, are going to be normalized under the same kind of logic, so to speak, or same criteria, civil rights criteria, as um, same-sex marriage and all, all that kind of thing. And now the... But one, one, one thing, Mike. Notice what they're doing, though. They're changing the definition and the language. Yes. It's, 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 it's you're a not a pedophile. Thing. It's not pedophile anymore. It's what? It's a, it's a map. Ma- right. Minor attracted right. person. Right. Map. Just, you see, just like what the news media says today. You know, if you notice now, they talk about moonlighting. Moonlighting is a deception through a lie. Basically, that's a lie. But now we call it moonlighting. We don't call it a lie. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that's, oh. that's just. But you mean gaslighting or moonlighting? Or ga- no, pardon me. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. Gas yeah, it's when you're, when you're. So I'm still not up to date yet. You're, you're, yeah, moonlighting is when you got a second job. Yeah, right. But, but you're right. Gaslighting is called. Uh, everything uh, is changed. It used to be we called these people uh, perverts or child molesters. That's pretty negative, I suppose. So then we have to move to something more scientific, and you call them a pedophile. Pedo, the Greek word for child or young person, and philia, the Greek word for love. So it's a lover of children, which is kind of a euphemism, isn't it? Yes. I've had actual pedophiles in custody tell me that they don't they love children, that I shouldn't be upset with them because they love children. They would never do anything to hurt a child, even though they don't want to have sex with them. They're, they're, they love them. So I understand... You know, when Michael Jackson told me he loved children, I understand exactly what he meant because I've had other lovers of children, quote-unquote, tell me the same thing. So then we make it but, – but then that that's come to have a pretty negative connotation, right? Well, the true, so we the have to true go back aspects to, of all this stuff usually come out with time. Right. And so we've, I've, I think we've seen several of these things change names twice. Right. Before it's over. Right. Now yeah. we've got minor attracted persons because uh, you're not a homosexual. You just have opposite sex or same sex attraction. And so playing off that theme, now you have a minor attracted person. Some people are attracted to the same sex. That's same sex attraction. I mean, same sex. Some people are attracted to the opposite sex. That's, uh, you know, what we would call heterosexual sexual. or different sexual attraction. Now we have minor attracted person or maps. And so the new slogan is map pride or map positivity. And it's an attempt to cast a pedophilia as a part of society's wider move towards sexual liberation on all fronts. And so um, uh, the, 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 there, there's material online uh, includes memes proclaiming gay maps were amazing cartoon characters saying repost if you think maps should be able to date minors and um, minor attraction is natural this is all part of it so if it's natural then uh, to be minor attracted then you should 
uh, go ahead and do that. Now, um, you know, there's there's the whole the, the pedophile information exchange is a campaign in the 1970s in Great Britain, which in the 70s and 80s, which piggybacked on the gay liberation movement to push for pro-child abuse policies, such as lowering the age of consent to just four. Okay, so they, these people want, wanted to lower the age of consent to four years old. And because that's about the age some of the, a true pedophile would begin to be attracted to children, some younger than that. It was disbanded, but its former chairman, Tom Carroll, um, continued to use forums to argue for a change in legislation on pedophilia. And um, he, he argues, Carol does, his 75-year-old man in England, that a sexual relationship between an adult and a child is as natural as a mother's relationship with her baby. So he's going to put the, child, the mother-child relationship in the same category as his sexual attraction to minors and so forth. Now, this uh, this kind of thing, I, I don't know what to say about this. There, there's no Bible age, for example, in the Bible at which a person can marry and so forth. Uh, but it's I think it's pretty understood in most societies, especially in Western society, that when you have... Uh, children, young children being exploited for sexual uh, sexual purposes who don't even really understand sexuality. They just love adult contact. That these children are being taken advantage of and abused. And, and what's being attempted to be done here is to desensitize the public to this whole thing. And they'll succeed to a large degree. Yes. They, yes. I would never have believed they would have succeeded in some of the other things that have been accomplished. So I have no doubt that they're going to succeed in this in many places. Well, they will succeed, Mike, because the media is on that side. In other words, this is something that the media is going to press. And, and there was, there's an old saying, uh, if you repeat a lie long enough, it sort of becomes the truth. And so if you keep repeating this... They will have success with it, I'm convinced, because that's what's happened in the past. And, and the media will support this. Um, they're behind the Hollywood elites and everything that's trying to do all of this, uh, this sexual freedom. Uh, I just refer our listeners to the last 12 verses of Romans chapter 1. Just go read that. Maybe we won't read that on the air because it's kind of long. But it's certainly worth reading. And basically, Paul gives you God's view on this sort of behavior. Right. Well, the, he said, the article says here, the findings are all the more concerning given that many children are being encouraged by the schools to use sites such as YouTube as part of their home education during the pandemic. While social media giant remove users for posting racist or extremist material politically the map posts the mind retracted person posts are allowed to stay despite protest because it's deemed as acceptable to discuss attraction to minors as long as it does not glorify pedophilia disturbingly the campaign is also drawing strength from academics calling for pedophiles voices to be heard Dr. Craig Harper a senior lecturer in psychology at Nottingham Trent University, 
sign a 2018 letter written to Twitter demanding that pedophile accounts, which were shut down by the social media giant, be restored. He maintains that pedophilia and child abuse are not the same thing, and that pedophilia is a sexual attraction pattern that shares common features with other sexual orientations. He declined to comment when contacted by the newspaper. So once you say that, well, all, it's all a matter, some people are attracted to the same sex, that's normal. Some people are attracted to the opposite sex, that's normal. Some people are attracted to young people, uh, children or young people, young adults, that's normal. You see, pedophilia, Gary, runs the, runs the gamut from people that are attracted to young teenagers to um, people that are attracted to children and then some even to, my, to infants and young, real young kids. So there's a range in there. And what just because someone's attracted to a teenager doesn't mean they're going to be attacked, attracted to a child. And, and I, I understand the gray line here and by culture because, I, for example, Gary, I had two cousins or cousins and their mothers uh, when I was growing up. One of them was a grandmother by the time she was 26 years old. Because she had gotten married at age 13 and happily married. I think they were they married, stayed married the rest of their life. They're happily married. Well, her daughter got married at age 13, happily married, not a pedophile relationship, just to a teenage boy, 17, 18 years old. They stayed married. They're happy. They, she was a grandma at 26. Now, back in the time when people weren't committing themselves to four years of college and were delaying the onset of adulthood by quite a bit in our culture. People getting married when they're 14, 15, 16 years old was not unheard of, but by the time I was born, it was being it was much discouraged at that age. But we're not talking about 45-year-old men out trolling for 10-year-old girls. We're talking about people that want to establish a relationship. And so, well, I met my wife when she was 17. I was 21. We were both in college. We were both, as it were, adults or responsible people. We began dating when she was 17. She was a teenage mother at age 18 because we were married by that time. Is that some kind of pedophilia? No, because the relationship isn't based just on sexual attraction or it isn't based on me going out trolling for minors and just being attracted to minor people. It was based on a specific person and a relationship developed um, and and blossomed into a marriage. The marriage bed is undefiled. It's undefiled. And it's not a matter of some 45-year-old man uh, uh, buying a 15-year-old girl so he can have a young wife. We all recognize that these kind of things are not healthy. I had a young man come to my office years ago, Gary, when I preached in another place. And I knew him. I knew his family. I didn't know him well, but I knew his family. He'd come in. He was about... 18 or 19 years old. He sat down. He said, "He said, uh, Mr. Schmidt, I want to know something." He says, "Is it is it legal for me to marry my first cousin?" And I said, "Well, I have to check about the laws of Florida." I said, "It used to be kind of illegal, but he said, "Well, I'm in love with my first cousin, and I want to marry her." So anyway, interesting discussion. I I tried to talk. I I found out that I don't think it was illegal at at, at where at the time in Florida. But this girl lived in some other state. So you need to check on that because it may be illegal for you to for you to marry her. There are various reasons why people think that's not good. I said, but what concerns me the most is 
why of all the people on earth do you have to have this attraction to your first cousin that you grew up with since you were little children? There's something, I forgot his name now, but there's something that doesn't, just doesn't sound right about this. It sounds unhealthy to me. It sounds like you're reaching for something that's not healthy for you or her by having this overwhelming desire to be attracted to sex physically your first cousin. And he thought about that. I don't know what he ever did, to tell you the truth. I never heard back from him about it. But, uh, th- and the truth is, there was something unhealthy in this whole relationship and in his mind about this. So there's a difference between a, an 18-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl or 16-year-old girl being attracted as teenage lovers together than in some 45 or even 25-year-old man wanting to date a 10-year-old girl or, or a series of 10-year-old girls and looking at naked pictures of 10-year-old girls because they find that sexually attractive. Now, this is the whole concept of a minor attracted person. It isn't someone who's fallen in love with a particular individual, but someone who just is oriented to people much younger than themselves, children. They don't want adults. These kind of men cannot sustain relationships with grown women. They can't do it because it's too intimidating. They have to have a child to have a really, or and some and some women are the same way. Grown men are scary, so we'll have to get us, ourselves a boy. You see, it's 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 amazing, you know. And and I've told you this story before. I met and started dating Sharon when she was fourteen. I was sixteen, and uh, about the second time we talked with each other, she came over to an area where I was, and we were talking, and she asked me how old I was. And I said, 16. And I could see the look on her face was, oh, no, he's too old. Too old, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, my parents were concerned if I would would have been concerned if I had been interested in very young girls when I was 15 or 16. I remember I was 17, had a 15-year-old girlfriend at the time. And we, you know, we weren't allowed to go anywhere by ourselves until she turned 16 and things like that. But there was some control over that and uh, so forth. That, now, the facts of nature are that men tend to be attracted to girls that are younger than them. But we're not talking 15 or 20 years younger, and we're certainly not talking little children. That's what a pedophile is about, you see, little children. It isn't a matter that there's a, that there's a, a, a little age gap in there uh, between two people. It's the, it's the sexual attraction. Now, of course, Gary, the whole thing is based on the concept that fornication is okay. From the Bible standpoint, having sexual relations with someone that you're not married to is a sin. I don't care if you're heterosexual, homosexual, if you're attracted to children, having sexual relations with someone who you're not married to is a sin. And, But that's all blown out the window in the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s. That's all been blown out the window. If we still respected that, all this stuff would go away, or at least it would certainly would not be full-blown. It would be not all of it. A lot of it would go away because it wouldn't be allowed to get to be full-blown out here in open. What's behind this idea of these maps, these uh, pedophiles, is that they want to be able to have sexual relations and sexually exploit through, through pictures and photography and video. They want to be able to exploit children for their sexual gratification. Well, according to the Bible, all of that is a sin and is wrong unless they were married. Of course, they realize that unless they make some major changes to the law, which might be coming, of course, they can't marry 
these people. But the Bible pictures sexual relations as a very profound and important thing. The Bible does not condemn sex or sexual relations. It puts them within a specific context. And it requires, along with the sexual relations, there be a, a lifetime commitment to the other person based on the welfare and good of the other person, not just the satisfying of some temporary sexual desire. And so it's uh, the illustration I use with people that's been used before is fire in a fireplace is a very good thing and very useful for many purposes. Fire turned loose in the middle of the living room to burn, it will burn down the whole house, you see. And so sexuality is a, is a fire that's put in the context of a committed married relationship between two equals. Well, one of those overall scriptures Not children. related to marriage is uh, what we talked about before is Hebrews 13 and verse 4. Uh, the Hebrew writer says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Right. So he puts the, the sexual outlet for, for basically what I, what I believe is a, a desire that he put within us. Well, of course he did. It, it's meant to attract two people. It's, it's really a symbol of the intimacy between God and man. Mar- marriage, as he says in Ephesians 5, is a mystery of Christ and the church. Yes. And he's including the sexual relationship in that. And that word bed there in, in Hebrews uh, 13, 4, the bed is undefiled, is the word coitus, which is the medical term for sexual intercourse. So I know what he's talking about there. He's not, he's just using a common word at the time to bed someone is to have sexual intercourse. But he puts it within marriage. And outside of marriage, these things are viewed as simply exploitive. He, he In talking about marriage, for example, there in Ephesians 5, well, I don't know if I'll let you finish, Gary. I'm well, sorry, I might well, have no, I was just going to go read from Revelation, but go ahead, Mike. Well, it, uh, the last few verses in Revelation lists a whole bunch of things, and among them is sexual immorality. Sure, and it's, and it's condemning it, people to hell. Right, and it's condemning everyone to hell, but it's also grouping those sexual immorality, immoral, sexual immoral people with murderers. They're, they're the same thing. It's, right. it's, it's the same kind of thing. And, and yet people don't see Disrespect it. for God's law and human relationship. Right. That's right. Well, in, in Ephesians 5, he tells husbands, um, in verse 25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Now, the word husbands there is the word for man, and the word wives is woman. This is the marriage relationship is between a man and a woman. And it says um, that... Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And so he nourishes and cherishes, just as the Lord does the church. And he goes on to talk about the, this fact that there's a great mystery between of Christ and the church between husband and wife. Now, there's a lot more in this passage. But this is completely removed from the realm of, I have a sexual lust for little children, and so I'm going to try to find a way to satisfy that whether it's by watching videos or looking at pictures or grooming a young person for my sexual needs. There's something amiss about all that. There's something that is not right because it is not a relationship built on equality. I know that there, there is a subjection of the wife to the husband in the Bible, which is in the realm of authority. But when the Bible pictures sexuality and, the, and this relationship, it pictures an equality of the two of husband and wife in a very basic way 
and and that pat that's illustrated for example in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 he says let the husband render to the wife and do effect 1 Corinthians 7:3 let the husband render unto his wife the affection due to her that's the sexual uh, uh, sexual act sexual affection and likewise also the wife to her husband the wife does not have authority of her own body but the husband and and says goes on to say that we're not to deprive each other except by consent. And so it, it, when it talks about this, the right of sexual satisfaction and equality, it puts the wife first in this relationship. And the wife and the husband are pictured as equals in the marriage relationship with regard to intimacy. Now, that, that's not followed in a lot of so-called Christian marriages. That, that verse is disrespected. Well, those... but you, you can't you can't have that equality in an adult child relationship, especially an adult infant. Really, there's no equality at all, and that's why it's perverted and forbidden. Well, verses one, uh, three through five. If those verses were heeded in marriages, Mike, how much how much fewer problems would people have in marriage? If just yes. those two, if just those few verses were heated and accentuated in a marriage relationship, how much how much better would that relationship be? And yet we see because of selfishness, we see because of other things, uh, oftentimes that sexual satisfaction is used as a weapon against one partner or the other. Right. And and it causes problems. It causes it, it I, I basically I think many divorces arise from this, but that's that's just my view. I don't have the data to support that, but I think it's true. Well, I, and I, I think that's why when you start talking about the whole issue, you and I can sit here and argue about what age a man ought to be able to have an affair with a child, but we're missing the whole point. The whole point is God puts that sexual attraction within a marriage, between a man and a woman, of, as of two equals that both submit themselves to each other in various ways, even though the husband has ultimate authority within the relationship. In the in the, in the relationship of affection and love, there's equality in that relationship that must be respected, and it, that cannot be true by its very nature in an adult child or an older person, an extremely much younger person. This isn't true, can't be, and it's it's destructive to it, and eventually tears it apart. So that's why I I think the Bible does not give support even though it doesn't give a specific age for marriage, or the idea of the exploitation of one person over another, and age is a factor in that, okay? A big factor in that, especially when you're talking about grown men who just want to have a sexual relationship with a child and call that love. And that's what's going on here, you see. And so we've, we've reached a whole new stage. And they're all piggybacking off of the civil rights movement of, for racial inequality, and then now, then it became, you know, gay rights, and then gay marriage, and now pedophilia, and you can have every kind of po- polygamy is the next one. I got a couple articles here, Gary, on polygamy. Well, one of the other same things, thing. One of the other things I'd like to point out that goes along with this is if it goes in the direction of the LGBT movement which is, that's probably not the right initials anymore. I think there's some more in there. Well, they're trying to get, trying to get rid of the T, that's for sure. The, uh, the L's and the, 
the L's and the G's are trying to get rid of the, the T's. T's. Okay. okay, well, anyway, go ahead. But basically, what it means is, Mike, it's, it's not enough that people, we would just let people make their own decision and go that way. Uh, God lets you make your decision, and you can move away from him if you like. I mean, it will have consequences in the judgment, but I'm not God. I can't force people to adhere to his laws. The problem I'm seeing is those people want me to adhere to their laws. They want to force you to like it. They want to force yes. me to like it right. and approve and it. Approve. That's what this is about. And, and I'm not going to ever approve it. Uh, I, I, I keep going back this to... This is destructive and degrading to people, right. especially I, children. I keep going back to Romans chapter 1. Uh, basically, he says in the, one of the last verses, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Correct. Well, Gary, we got a caller, so hang on there a okay. second, caller. But let me just say this. I have seen too many people and tried to help too many grown-ups who were taken advantage of sexually as a child or even as a young adult, young person, a teenager, by older people to ever think that this is a good thing. I've seen too many people who, when they were that age, they, they might have thought it was nice to have attention by an older person. But it's so destructive to their identity who they are in life and, and prevents happiness later in life to ever approve of this kind of thing myself. And, and that's just that. And that's the problem with it. But we can push all this through. Um, well, let's, let's take a phone call. Might come okay. back to this. Uh, are you there, Ken? How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm, I got some information on this subject that's not very good. You mean not very pleasant? Is that what you mean? Uh, well, alarming. Let me put it this. Alarming. Okay. All right. First, something. Uh, just some things I I've seen, and I thought maybe it'd be good for some people to know. Um, I'm transgender. Children, people are that you know. Um. Promoting uh, sex change for children. Uh-huh. Uh, a psychologist now has come out with a study, uh, and and the left doesn't like this at all. That uh, these children are 19 times more apt to commit suicide. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Now, of course, the question is: Would they have before they? they had the operations or the change. But I think there's even some evidence that going through the sex change makes this problem even more likely to occur, the suicidal problem to occur. Yeah. The other thing I've read, Ken, is that by the time they went through puberty... It doesn't affect them at all. Yeah, they claim it doesn't affect them, but of course... There's a profound effect. Now, they were, might already be psychologically disturbed or emotionally disturbed before this whole process begins, and, and that's why there's this interest in uh, a g- change of gender in the first place. You can't say that all in, out of nowhere they were fine, they wanted to change their gender, and then all of a sudden they got mentally ill or some problem probably was there in the first place. But going through all this doesn't help them and do, doesn't really fix the problem. The idea is, oh, if you just let them change their gender, then all the problems will go away and they'll be fine. They'll be finally be happy. But we, we, the evidence doesn't show that at all. 
It's just like, Ken, in Europe uh, for a long time now where gay marriage has been uh, accepted and there's whole communities, areas of cities where you can live with only other homosexual people. The idea was for years the reason homosexuals commit suicide so often is because they're oppressed by by heterosexuals in this negative society we have. Well, that belies, and we could just we just let them alone, let them all marry and be happy, everything would be fine. But the evidence doesn't show that at all in, in the last few years. It shows it shows that they're still disturbed, still have the same high suicide rates, drug abuse, and still the same level of unhappiness, whether they can be accepted and marry or not. So something is wrong fundamentally, which of course. It's not politically correct to ever address. And the same thing is happening now with children in this transgender uh, movement. I think what else is going on there too, Ken? Uh Uh-huh. Jizz Lane or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. The the woman who is Epstein's madam... And being moved from cell to cell so she doesn't get murdered. Uh, she's being one of the victims that is suing her has testified that she saw Bill Clinton at Epstein Island with two underage children from New York. Well, I, of course, there's no way to, for me to know that, but I, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Pedophilia, from what I know about it, having studied it and dealt with people with this problem, is a power, uh, fundamentally it is a power problem where a man feels, or a woman even involved in it, feels a sense of extra power because they can exert this influence over younger people. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me that powerful men and women get involved in this, exploiting young people because of this sense of power. And of course, I have to say on the other side, that's why that's why a lot of young women, for example, are attracted to much older men because of the power imbalance. They're attracted to that, that sense of power on the other side. Doesn't make it all right. Doesn't make it a healthy relationship. It doesn't make it the kind of a relationship that God pictures when he pictures a healthy scriptural marriage. But that's the fact of human nature that's involved in this. It's about power. And um, that's why that's, people say, oh, how could a man be interested in young girls or little children? Well, it's because of power. He, he's been cut, cut off from this so long that now he can have a sense of influence. And it, it, to them, it doesn't feel negative. It, it feels like a very positive thing from their vantage point. It's just so destructive to the young people. And that's why I believe it's immoral from the standpoint of the Bible. It's immoral and wrong because it isn't. It does not reflect the kind of relationship in Ephesians 5 and 1 Corinthians 7 that's, that the Bible pictures as the proper outlet for sexual activity. And, um, you know, that's the gist of it. But it wouldn't surprise me that these rich and powerful people with the resources can would try to get away with all of this who knows? It doesn't surprise me, Mike, that when people try to live against the basically the realities of their life, 
their physical nature and how God created us, that it creates a stress that many people can't handle. Right. Now, now on the other hand, to be fair, it, uh, fair, I don't know if I want to be fair. I don't even, I want to, I don't even know if I want to be fair. But th- there is a difference between a middle-aged man going through uh, his crisis who uh, finds attraction in a 25-year-old woman or a 20-year-old woman, you know, because he feels young again. There's a difference, even though it's immoral in that, and a 40-year-old man finding uh, that he's attracted to 10-year-old girls or 8-year-old girls or 8-year-old boys. Um, there's a quite a bit of difference between those two things in the psychological makeup and in, and in the nature of the sin. And, and you see that, um, you, you know, the, the pedo- some of the pedophiles that I have known, it doesn't matter to them whether the child is male or female, particularly. They, they get the sense of sexual satisfaction from the um, sexual activity with any child because of the power differential that exists. So it doesn't matter if they're, they're, they're not necessarily gay. They're just attracted to children per se. And that's, that really makes it even worse to me. That it's just that kind of a raw thing that is so disturbing because it isn't how God built us to be. Ken, you want to add any more to this? Yeah, there's one other thing I, okay. I think is concerning. Uh, I don't know, you You've heard of Joe Biden's sniffing hair? Oh, yeah, that's been a big joke for a good while, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at, they have videos of him and his reaction, uh, interaction with women. Some women who have said that they felt uncomfortable with what he does. And you see this with children, too videos with him, uh, you know, asking children to come up to him and, and he puts his hands on them. If you watch his hands, sometimes they're not in the appropriate places. And uh, they, I don't know, they said he, that he had a, a, when he was younger, I had a problem with stuttering. I don't know if he heard that or not. Yeah, so Pandy had a problem with stuttering. And, and when you see some children that have a problem, he likes to try to help them. And in some cases, actually ask them for the, their phone number. And Obama has referenced this. One Obama referenced this, you said? Yeah, that Biden would ask the children for their phone number. Obama referenced this, you said? Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the man's motivations might be. Some of the stuff that you see is a little odd, to say the least. Although, I've seen plenty of men and women in my life who just love children, love to hug them and all that, and they like to be be around children and all all that is good, but then there's the creepy uncle, you know. If you go on, you go and watch the videos, yeah. and I challenge anybody, don't don't play the sound. Just watch what he does. 
and you'll see some very uncomfortable, well, you'll see some, un, some uncomfortable children. And I saw one, especially with the boy. The boy like, we let him go me. Right. There, there are some, uh, I've seen some where you can tell the people are pretty uncomfortable with what's going on. And like I say, I have no way of knowing what his actual motivations are. And sometimes, yeah, you do want to help. You feel sorry for people. You love them. Uh, but you have to have some some sense of self-awareness in that matter. Watch out what you're doing. And if, if you know anything about people that have been abused, as much as you might feel sorry for them, you putting your hands all over them, uh, even though you might be inclined to kind of comfort them, is sometimes one of the worst things you can do. It just it reinforces the whole problem that they're having. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, for example, I, I deal with young people in the state of Florida and other places as a poultry judge in 4-H contests, and I'm around a lot of young people. And I have had over the years to make a real point of this, Ken. Uh, it's even written in the, in the uh, rules and regulations of the state fair that I had them put in there that when, when parents give me information about their young people for the poultry exhibits i don't want any children's phone numbers listed i want if they send me information it needs to be an adult phone number because sometimes i my wife or i either one have to call up to check about a problem in an entry i don't want to be calling some 10 year old girl's cell phone and talking to her not that i don't like the kid but but i don't think that's appropriate i want to if i'm going to talk to them i need to talk to their parents does that make any sense it may sound extreme some in some ways, and when I was young, no one would have thought about that. Of course, nobody had self kids didn't have cell phones either. But, but it's just not appropriate when I'm dealing with young people as a grown man. For I have to be cautious and concerned about how I deal with them, and to be it's really just a matter sometimes of respect. And I don't know. It's it's been out there long enough that you know maybe there's something to this problem that he has, maybe there's not. Um, I, I couldn't say, but you could, like you say, when you look at the videos, it's pretty well, Mike, Mike, Pretty alarming. You know, as disturbing as that description is, as disturbing as some of those actions appear to be, what is even more disturbing to me is the number of people that discard it and make excuses for it and don't pay any Simply because of their political affiliation. Simply because, right. Yeah. Because that, that, that is disturbing, yes. They won't even consider that it might be a problem. And they make an excuse for it. Whereas if it were the other way around, they would be all over yes. somebody of a different party for the same thing. Or, That's the or, phoniness or, or, of or all Or you of and I, because we're Christians, if, if yes. something like that happened, yes. you know, it, would be, it would be the worst of all things. Right. Uh, there, there's a double standard there, and it's, it's even worse than that in that respect because we have come to think political ideas and things are far more important than actual morality. Personal morality, yeah. And I know there's a range of things there. Some cultures are different than others. I tend to be a hugger to some degree. Other people aren't. And I found as a preacher this can be both a problem and a, and a good thing, depending on who is there, who, what's going on. And I sometimes have to go against my natural inclination to hug people because I see that they're uncomfortable with that, or I sense that they might be uncomfortable with that. 
And then on the other hand, if you stick out your hand to shake hands with somebody, they think you're cold and businesslike. So, yes, I understand. I imagine for a politician that can be a problem area. But this has been going on a long time, and, and I think to dismiss it completely as well, that's just partisan politics, or to excuse it because it's just partisan politics. I mean, or to condemn it, I should say. Um, we need to be, be – there's something else going on here. It's been going on too long. Too many people have commented about it, and uh, so maybe it's something that needs to be addressed. But I, this whole thing of normalizing minor attracted persons, changing the name of it to minor attracted persons sounds a lot better than pedophile, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And, that, and we see that's the first step in all these things. It's use different language that puts away the associated bad things from the past. I was dealing with a pedophile in a, in a certain in a situation, and I went to see him. He was in a mental hospital at the time. He ran there after he after I had confronted him about his about his sexual immorality. And in the conversation, I guess I had mentioned about pedophilia. He didn't react to that, but I somehow alluded to him being a child molester, and he got all incensed with me. He would accept the word pedophile for some reason, but he would not accept the word child molester. And we were talking about exactly the same behaviors and situations, same incidents. So, yes, they ha that's how you work. That's how things go. That's, and now you've got minor attracted persons, MAPS. They've got their own little nickname now. They're MAPS. Right. So that's the first step, and, and you can... You can go right ahead and say, I told you so. And they're, Yeah, I, I told you so. But now the, the next push will be able to marry. They'll be able to not only have relationships with, it won't be condemned, but eventually they'll be able to marry these people. Ken, you want to add anything else? Yeah, I, I, I'm just mentioning one other, one other video. A man who is appointed to an office. And after he has the man come to the podium, he's standing behind him. And he calls his wife over to him to stand in front of him. And he, yeah, he starts putting his hands on his woman's shoulders. And you look at the guy who he just appointed at the podium, and he's like, what's going on? And he keeps turning around looking at him. What are you doing to my wife? You're, you're just trying to get me in trouble with politics this morning, aren't you? And he, he the, the guy at the podium, he can't concentrate on what he's saying. He keeps looking around and turning around what are you doing to my wife? <laughs> Who is this? This is Joe Biden, you said? Now, you could say, well, that's just me being affectionate. I like people. And then, again, it's somebody else's wife. Keep your hands off of them, right? So there's definitely a problem with probably with some kind of boundaries and limits. And whether it's deeper than that, I'm not sure. But uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to see. Well, it points out uh, a few things also, I think. If we're going to delve in politics, I might as well go ahead. And well, say now, this. you know, politicians have always been accused of kissing babies, but we never went this way with it, did we? No. Growing up, we, you know, politicians always had to kiss babies, but we never knew it was going to go this way. They had to worry about what kind of kiss they were giving the babies. But we were talking about politics and, and things like that, and his, his, his vice presidential running mate once condemned him for all of this. Basically, said he believed she believed the. Uh, uh, the accusers, and now all of a sudden, oh, by the way, you can be my vice president, and now all of a sudden, yeah. all, all of that's gone. Politics is, makes strange bedfellows, bedfellows, isn't the old saying? 
Well, uh, I, I would be – I'm in talking about that, I'm more concerned about the personal culpability in these matters. Yes, but, Mike, the real tragedy here is the reflection of our society. It's the reason our country is yes. falling into real problems, both violent and economic, uh, in that we have we've moved away from the morality system that God gave us. Once we move away from God's morality system – things start to decay and go bad pretty fast. And that's what's happening to us. I just think it's also kind of ironic, Gary, that all my time growing up, all the all the elites in New York City would make fun of people from Kentucky because they all had kissing cousins and they're all, you know, sleeping with their cousin and all that stuff. And maybe even child brides in Kentucky, you know, New Yorkers made fun of that. And now the same elites from New York City have no problem with pedophiles. Well, they were Isn't prob- that odd how well, that works? Well, they were probably doing it all along. They were. I'm just saying. It's yeah. just now it's, since that it's becoming mainstream in their crowd, the elite want to justify that. Now it's okay. So it's never been okay with God. That's my point. None of this has ever yes. been okay with God. He puts sexual relations at a high place, an exalted place, not a place of shame, but a, a, a place in marriage and in human and human life that we need to respect. And when we disrespect it, we do the deepest kind of hurt to people. Sexual and, and, sin is the deepest kind of hurt that people can experience. Right. And, and when you do this, God tells you what you're doing in no uncertain terms. He says in Romans one twenty-five, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Basically, yeah, you're... The lie, it says. Yeah, yeah the lie. He says, therefore, you're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Now, he also says in the Thessalonian letter that he'll, he'll work against you if you do not have a love of the truth. Give you deception. Well, in, in our postmodern age, there is no such thing as truth. Everybody's own individual thoughts are what is right or wrong. And so there's no absolute morality and so we can expect this kind of thing to get worse and worse until that situation is corrected well ken you got it you want to wrap this up here for us on this subject give you the last word uh give you the last word i really don't have anything else to say i don't think people should know about that i appreciate that very much i was going to go i was going to go and mention this article because, see, the argument that's used to justify all this is that love is love. Isn't that the hashtag that went around for a long time? Love is love. You should be allowed to marry whoever you want to because love is love. So then his headline is, if love is love, why can't this poor woman marry her chandelier? <laughs> that's the headline. Because she, she wants to marry her chandelier. from this, Once again, from Great Britain, a British woman with a long-term relationship with a 92-year-old German chandelier, has been told that her attraction to historic light fittings is not considered to be a protected sexual orientation. So there's only certain sexual orientations that are protected. Apparently, minor-attracted persons are wanting to be protected, but chandelier-attracted persons, caps, I w- I'm making this up, these caps are not protected. You can't be a chandelier-attracted person. Uh, and so... Attempting to concoct a scenario where the sentence would even appear coherent to a young reader just two or three decades ago, uh, so forth, that we're on this slippery slope argument, he says. How can, um, how can a 30-some-year-old woman 
legitimately be in a romantic relationship with an indoor light fixture. She's named Lumiere. How can this be? Given the rules for what defines love and sexual orientation in our culture, in deference to the wise counsel the LGBT political movement has adopted upon, upon what grounds would we deny this relationship? Okay. And that's a good question. On what grounds can you deny that this woman can marry her chandelier? Can someone give me some legal basis or moral basis if you accept the premises that love is love in the LGBT movement and now the MAP movement? Why can't she marry her chandelier or a dog? Why can't she, why can't she have a relationship with a dog? And, uh, you know, you're going to bring up consent, but I think dogs can consent in their own way to a lot of things. And so, and they can you know, be trained. Oh, even before that, they have natural they have natural instincts that you can you can work with. So anyway, this is this people poo poo the idea of a slippery slope. But this that we're sliding down it so fast we can't even tell we're on the slope. You see, there has to be some there has to be some limit to this. What the limit is, we haven't found yet because we haven't reached the bottom. The Bible puts a floor on this and tells us about what human nature is according to God, what it's like, what is proper, and it gives us an understanding of these human relationships, including sexuality, that we need to respect. And, he, he and we about, have it. He talks about them in the second By the message. way, Ken's gone. Thank you for okay. calling, Ken. Sorry I didn't say goodbye to you. Two more minutes and, and I'm right. done. Uh, basically, he talks about in the Second Thessalonian letter in chapter 2, those who did not receive a love of the truth, that they might be saved. And he says, for this reason, God will send the strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they will all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So basically that's where our society is going today. It's, it's having pleasure in unrighteousness, and we will eventually be condemned for it, both on this earth and, I believe, and finally in, in heaven. Well, the problem with it, Gary, when you get down to why, is it, why are these things wrong, it isn't just, oh, we're just so disgusted by this and we're so much better, is it, it destroys human lives. It destroys people. It, it changes who they are. It, it leads them not only to things like suicide, depression, unhappiness, but then it, it t- pushes them into every other kind of thing that destroys human relationships and destroys lives. And that's what sin is. That's why God says, do this right, and you will and reduce these chances. Yes, our time is gone. So I want to bring that up and uh, for us to think about that. That's why it's concerning. Not because we think we're better than all these other people or anything along that line. That's But God has a reason for making things wrong like they are. Well, well thank well, you we for listening. don't realize things would be so much better in the world if we would follow what God's plan for Exactly. Us is. Well, thanks for listening today. We appreciate it. Sorry we got off on some pretty odd topics, but we're glad that you've listened. Uh, take a look at our website, wearejustchristians.com. Take a look there for podcasts, for information about the church and about where we meet. We'd like to invite you to our assemblies. We meet two times now because of the virus at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings for Bible study and 11 o'clock for a worship service here at our building at 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard is where we meet. That's at the corner of California and Savona. You're all welcome. We, we're taking perce- uh, precautions here for you. We have masks and sanitizer available. So we'd like to have you join us today, if you will. God bless you, and tune in again next week. Open my cup, open my cup.